If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're with Brian McLean and Steve Hook and State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hello and welcome to State of the Nation. We are live on today's News Talk. TNTradio.live is the website. Get on over there and join that interactive live chat room. Download that app if you haven't yet. And of course, follow us on all the video streaming platforms. You know the ones, YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, and more. We are live on video across the interwebs right now, 24-7 worldwide. This is a, I've said it before, I'll say it again. This is a first in independent internet radio uh, to have a video feed going along with it. So join us on those live feeds. I'm your host, Hesher is my call sign. Brian McLean is my government name, and I'm here with Steve Hook. Steve, welcome to State of the Nation. Well, I'm your host, too, and I am Steve Hook, and I am broadcasting live from the Central Jersey Shore, and it's good to be with you, Hesh. We have got a jam-packed show today and looking forward to a big one, man. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good time. Absolutely, absolutely. So did you notice that uh, Ducey flagged up Hunter Biden stepping off of the Marine One helicopter uh, and he wasn't on the passenger list? So President Biden is now literally sneaking Hunter around the country on his helicopter while Hunter is uh, defying a subpoena facing 15 to 20 years on the charges. Any normal person in the United States 15 to 20 years, probably what they're looking at. Uh, maybe some time off with uh, good behavior or maybe some time off if they're uh, the right special interest group. That's a whole nother story. But isn't that amazing, Steve? Not even on the passenger list, defying a subpoena, being carted around by the president. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it almost seems uh, ridiculous to have to say it, but is anyone shocked? Of course not. It's like the old uh, the old Robert Palmer song, uh, "Sneaking Sally Through the Alley," sneaking a hunter, uh, you know, through the uh, through, through the White House, and uh, this guy is, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I at some point, I'm almost, I almost pity Hunter Biden because the pressure that this guy has been under, given that he has a a, a history of uh, of uh, you know addiction, that. This is, you know, we, we in the early part of the uh, Biden presidency, people were questioning Dr. Jill. Why would Dr. Jill, why would a loving wife put her husband through this when he obviously can't do it? Well, the same could be asked of Biden himself. Why would you put your son in a position of making millions of dollars, bankrolling the Biden international family of grift when you know that he's got a predilection to all every, any and every drug he can get his hands on it's just and now of course the whole uh, the house of biden is slowly but surely crumbling that's why they have to use courts to 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 get try and get trump off the ballot which of course as we mentioned yesterday is going to be kind of like an in kind donation it's only going to help trump how much money do you think trump has raised so far uh hash uh since the colorado supreme court made this absolutely asinine ruling it's it's millions it's tens of millions every time almost every yeah. time and it's underreported by the media you would think if we had an honest media which i can't even utter the sentence without chuckling 
uh, they would point that out. Like, hey, every time the government does something like this or the Democrats do something like this or activist judges do something like this, this guy makes $5 million, $10 million, $20 million. Yeah, it's it's staggering. It's absolutely staggering. And, and, and the thing is, is it's, it, they're like the, they're like the dog that ca caught the car. Now, what are they going to do? Because now all of a sudden he is, uh, he is just skyrocketing in the polls, much to the chagrin of all of his primary challengers, no doubt, but they're not, this is not going to go the way they want it to go. Even Carl Rove, the detestable Carl Rove, a man who I have no, I have very, very little, if any respect for the man. Uh, and his stupid whiteboards. But even Karl Rove is saying this may have been the biggest political blunder of the last century, what they did in Colorado. Now you see that the uh, lieutenant governor out in California is trying to get them to get California to follow suit. I suspect that uh, SCOTUS will have something to say about that long before they get their act together in Cali, though. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the big question. We're going to explore that today a little bit on State of the Nation. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, there's been some uh, some great articles coming about it, coming out about it, and uh, definitely some good things to keep in mind uh, as we try to wait and see what's going to happen with this. Is this tactic going to work? Is it going to go writ large through other states? Is it going to be stopped by the Supreme Court of the United States? We are waiting to see, waiting on the edge of our seats here. And why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all the major social platforms. You know the ones, Instagram, Gab, Getter, Facebook, X.com, all the good ones, uh, and some of the other ones. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Delivering the facts. Source I can trust. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. All right, pretty soon the official motorcade for Chicago's Democratic mayor, Brandon Johnson, will be short two SUVs now that the city has indicated they will be seizing the vehicles for non-payment of accumulated <laughs> traffic fines. Here with the story joining us now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, otherwise known as Ruckus. Ruckus, uh, that's not good. They're seizing cars <laughs> from Brandon. <laughs> it's not yeah, well, I mean, technically they're not his cars, but they are sort of. But <laughs> taxpayers' cars. Um, yeah, I guess it's like it's like stealing from themselves. I don't. This is so weird. Um, yeah. Okay. So, what's the official story? Uh, as according to uh, one of the local news out there in the Windy City, the uh, from CWB Chicago, according to them, uh, the city of Chicago has issued seizure orders for two. Two SUVs that shuttle Mayor Brandon Johnson around town because nobody has paid a growing pile of speeding and red light camera tickets that were issued to the vehicles. It's not just those two. Uh, apparently, there are four SUVs that are dedicated to Johnson who have collected together the vehicles. That is 21 citations and one warning since he became mayor just seven months ago. As of Wednesday night, according to this local outlet here, the unpaid fines and penalties totaled $2,130. Doesn't sound like a big, big deal, but that's a lot for speeding tickets and camera, uh, red camera light fines. Uh, Johnson's motorcade has picked up tickets, uh, tickets at a dizzying pace, according to CW Chicago. 
Um, in fact, they say his SUVs have been tagged speeding and running red lights more often in seven months than the total combined for Rahm Emanuel, Lori Lightfoot, and Cook County Board President Tony Prewinkle uh, all together, all, all those people together, the, 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 the tickets they received within four-year terms, his, Johnson's, in just seven months, more than all of those put together. Um, Johnson's <laughs> SUVs owed the city $855 for 11 moving violations, uh, according to CW Chicago, uh, when they first reported about his motorcade's driving habits on October 18th. The debt ballooned up to 1725 by November 30th. So it went like it doubled in just one month, and now the debt is at 2130 and growing. <clears throat> wow. Since November 30th, the city has issued seizure orders against two of the four mayoral SUVs. Three seizure orders have been issued for one of the SUVs for non-payment of three speed camera tickets. The city issued three more seizure notices against another car for failing to pay two speeding tickets and a red light violation. Only two of the 21 tickets that Johnson's cars have received since he has sworn in have been paid. <laughs> the outlet CW Chicago says that they've repeatedly asked the mayor's office about his motorcade's speeding and red light running habits. They've asked who's supposed to pay the bills and when they will pay up. They've asked why the, mo the mayor needs to fly through school and park zones at more than 50 miles an hour. They have not replied. In a piece of old business, the outlet notes one ticket issued to the SUVs during former Mayor Lori Lightfoot's term remains unpaid. With penalties added, that bill has swelled to $244, uh, and that does not include the, uh, says, quote, we're not, in, we're not including that in the fines and penalties accrued by Johnson, end quote. Uh, the unpaid ticket issued to Lightfoot has not resulted in a seizure order. Um, as for Rahm Emanuel, when his red light and speeding tickets were revealed during his administration, the former Obama chief of staff paid the fines out of his own pocket. But I don't think anyone's going to offer to pay the fines for Brandon. Gentlemen, what do you think about this uh, strange story? <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to pay him either, at least not Brandon himself. It sounds like uh, this is the guy that yesterday, guys, said that, uh, uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is doing a disservice to the nation by fly by flying illegal immigrants all over the country uh, to sanctuary cities, including Chicago. So you know this is a, this you get what you vote for, and blue cities always vote for the biggest morons. This guy, what a clown! In seven months, he's accumulated more traffic tickets than all those others uh, that 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 Ruckus mentioned. Hesh. Uh, you just can't make it up, but it's just—I don't know. I just—you just, just got to roll your eyes and shrug it off, I guess. The guy's a clown. Does Snoop Dogg even have this many uh, speeding tickets? You know what I mean? Like, do <laughs> do do rap guys with uh, security teams and entourages do they even rack up stuff like this? I would wager probably not because they hire professionals to work with them and you know uh obey the laws so that they have minimal interaction you know especially as celebrities with you know the public and law enforcement and and this kind of thing um 
Yeah, th this is hilarious. I love this story, actually. I love how Lori Lightfoot left a bunch of unpaid tickets, and they're not going to count those. Rahm Emanuel paid his tickets himself. It's just like, look how far we've declined, you know, from uh, the Rahm Emanuel era, which, you know, I'm no fan of, of course. But, uh, yeah, then you get Mayor Beetlejuice in there, and it just gets worse <laughs> and worse. And now we got another swag man here, I guess. I guess Brandon Johnson is, uh, maybe, does he hang out with Eric Adams? Remember when Sal was here, he was talking about Adams as the swag man, right? The swag man. Swag man with uh, the plan. That's right. So I guess whatever Brandon Johnson is doing requires him to feel as though uh, he's an emergency vehicle, right? Like he can he can tell his drivers and his entourage to go code three, run that red light. You know, we don't need no stinking sirens. And he's worried about too many migrants being shipped there by Abbott. If you're worried about the poor migrants being shipped there, Brandon, perhaps you should slow your roll in front of the school yeah, zone. Maybe, maybe Brandon right? should call Brandon. Yeah, let's go, Brandons. <laughs> let's go, Brandons. Fix the problem. I mean, the greatest thing in the world that ever happened to Rahm Emanuel was Lori Lightfoot and Brandon Johnson. Because right? now everybody looks back. Everybody it's looks a back legacy at all of a sudden. <laughs> they look back at him and they say, oh, my God, those are the good old days. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good unbelievable Lord. wow ruckus uh anything else on this well emmanuel uh rahm emmanuel had an interesting way to prevent it from happening again after he had to pay the fines out of his own pocket he later transferred responsibility for payment uh to whoever chicago police officer happens to be driving at the time of the violation uh, needless to say, the number of citations issued to Emmanuel's cars dropped dramatically after his drivers became responsible <laughs> for the bills. Um, and then the other person we mentioned, Preckwinkle, um, Tony Prankwinkle, the Cook County Board President, during uh, her four-year terms, she, she accrued some bills. But check this out. According to CW Chicago, she promised that tickets issued to her uh, county-operated SUVs would be paid after they raised the issue with her. But the outlet later discovered that her tickets were subsequently protested and frequently dismissed. So it pays to, to you, know, you know, it's not what you know or how much you can pay. It's who you know. Just get the tickets dismissed. Come on. Sounds like God. a protection racket. Sounds like Brandon the, Johnson runs late a lot. Yeah. Done it. Sounds, it sounds like, like he's like constantly running. Step on it. I'm late. Yeah. Hit it. Yeah. Run that red light. <laughs> School zone. No way. No, thanks. Run it. Step on it. And Rahm Emanuel, I mean, sounds like a, a proper, you know, mobster tactic there, you know, very shrewd. Uh, apparently, Brandon Johnson is in so much of a hurry, he doesn't have time to be shrewd. <laughs> Probably in a hurry to get away from all of his constituents yelling at him, right? Oh, yeah, yeah I would definitely you would think so. You, I, you know, it, I wonder if I wonder if these cities are ever going to wake up to this stuff. I wonder if these blue cities are ever going to wake up. I mean, you know, I look back and I look at what they're doing to Rudy Giuliani right now. Rudy Giuliani saved New York City. He saved it. And now they're trying to put him in jail. Uh, it's just, I don't know, man. Politics has gotten so ugly. It's always been ugly. But this new round of progressives is just beyond the pale ugly. Rolling 50 through a school zone is unexcusable. I'm sorry. You know, we, we all may have, you know, messed up here and there, found ourselves coasting 35, 38, and then hit the brakes when we realize it. But rolling 50 through a school zone, 
You gotta be kidding us. Come on, Brandon. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Jeremy now on TNT Radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk TNT Radio. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we're about to be joined by the host of TNT Radio's Unleashed with Mark Murano. Uh, Mark is featured every weekday here on TNT from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., Monday to Friday, And uh, we're here to talk about this. The peer-reviewed study published Wednesday in the Public Library of Science Journal, the PLOS uh, one, investigated greenhouse emissions of methane and nitrous oxide in, you guessed it, you and me, in our human breath, which they say, are you ready for this old trope? Quote, contribute to global warming, unquote. Yes. Mark, it's great to be with you again. I heard your lead into yesterday's Unleashed, and you were on a tear about stopping breathing <laughs> while a volcano was literally erupting somewhere else in the world. Which is worse, CO2 wise, your rant or that volcano? <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, volcanoes, even termites give out carbon dioxide. I mean, all sorts of things. But what this study did, and it shouldn't be called the PLOS, it should be called the POS, piece of shit journal. (laughs) But (laughs) what they did here is, and I've been following this debate for 25 years, the climate debate, and I haven't quite seen anything like this. They're basically weaponizing human breath, just like in COVID. They're going to end up wanting to mask us. They're going to end up wanting to stifle us. And the funniest part of this study is it, it injects identity politics into junk science. So they actually say Africans heat the earth more than Asians and women heat the earth more than than men uh, through their breath. So, you know, you, we, you know, I don't want to get sexist, but they're basically saying women are full of hot air and, and the men. So it's women who heat the planet and the men who love them. That's basically what they're trying to say in the study. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it's probably scientifically, technically accurate. But I can't imagine that humans contribute anything through breathing. It's just so insulting to our intelligence. But this is the kind of stuff that comes through the academic uh, chambers and gets funded. But what it's, is it's a woman, imp- and after all? What is a woman, fellas? Yeah, 
That's right. How do they they even define it? Exactly. They're sort of, they're woke, but they're not like last two or three years woke. They're still about five years ago. So they're probably going to get hit. What about trans people? So if a man identifies as a woman, does his breath have less of a warming effect? That's the question. If you say it doesn't, then you're against, you know, then you don't recognize, uh, you know, transgender ideology. Uh, unbelievable. But but again, I always find myself saying this, but is it really? I mean, is it really unbelievable in this day and age? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I wonder if, I, Mark, I wonder if the trees and the ocean algae have a vote in any of this because they need our exhalations. They need uh, the uh, carbon dioxide that we give off. I, I've, I, this is, uh, I will tell you this, Mark. What, let me ask you this. What do you think the general population is going to say if they are asked by governments to mask up and hold your breath? Uh, and and don't exhale and by because this sounds like it could lead to the two point two child per family kind of thing. I mean, this is <laughs> absurdity. Could. Yeah, you know, you can't well, have more than two kids. Well, I think the public, unfortunately, would be very compliant. Think about this: Anthony Fauci, the World Health Organization, the CDC, NIH, all the public health bureaucracy demanded we all wear masks and. Most of the public, the vast majority, dutifully complied with masking because our breath was weaponized. If you didn't wear a mask, you were a grandma killer. Now you're, a, you're, a, you're killing your children and your grandchildren by exhaling methane and nitrous oxide and carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. What if they came up with some kind of mask that filtered this out and prevented warming? You don't think the government wouldn't mandate that effing thing in a second? They would have us all masked up for global warming. You must wear your mask eight hours a day and have kids do it. You're doing your part to prevent planetary dangerous warming. It's not, it's about as scientific as the masking during COVID. So why wouldn't they mandate it? And why wouldn't the public comply? We've shown no ability on a majority scale to fight back. Obviously, there's a very intense minority, which I consider you guys and me part of. But it's incredible because we've been through all this before with our breath being weaponized. First of all, in 2007, the Supreme Court ruled that you could regulate carbon dioxide, what we exhale from our mouth, as a pollutant under the Clean Air Act. So they already have it as pollution, uh, you know, just general pollution, and they also have it as a climate uh, danger. So then add a viral fare to that. It will be triple mask, like Anthony Fauci at one point recommended, two and three masks. I don't think this is far-fetched at all. And yeah. and we've been saying this collectively. I I assume I think you know all this. I haven't heard any shows here at TNT that were like, "Hey, these masks are a great idea," or "Hey, they're not going to do this same thing to us with climate, will they?" No, all of us over here, as far as I can tell, we have a very wide, uh, you know, breadth and depth of uh, analysis here at today's news talk. But I would say one thing universally across the shows. Everybody for a long time now has been pointing out if they do, if they're willing to do this to us on a global scale over a respiratory cold or flu or virus or whatever yes. this scam was, they will certainly do this to us over a climate scare, which they've been trying to foist on us for like 60 years. Yeah, and they absolutely will. Right, okay, right before the UN COP28, which by the way, COP28 is not the number of policemen jumping out of a, a bachelorette party cake. It stands for conference of parties, before, but it was a huge party. It may have well been a bachelorette party or a party of any kind. It was 100,000 people right before this conference, 200 medical journals 
led by the British Medical Journal, the most prestigious medical journal in the world, urged the World Health Organization to declare climate change a public health emergency. Think about that. That's exactly, they are merging climate into public health because of one simple fact, as John Kerry said, the parallels between COVID and climate are screaming at us. We had a Teen Vogue activist, Jamie Margolis, say during, right when the lockdowns happened, if we can shut down the world for a virus, we can do the same thing for climate. And that's exactly what they want to do, the exact same thing. So you're going to have a WHO pandemic treaty where Bill Gates-funded scientists can declare a climate emergency as a public health threat. We can have instant global travel restrictions. By the way, during the UN Climate Summit, CNN had a feature article, CNN Travel to be exact, saying that we need carbon passports to limit people's travel uh, on airline flights. Because once you hit your carbon max, you won't be able to fly anymore. And we also know that Boris Johnson's transportation secretary has said owning a car is outdated 20th century. They're banning gas-powered cars. They are coming after our freedom of movement. They're coming after our freedom. They're rolling it into public health. And they're open about it. Everything I just said, it's not like I have secret sources or anonymous documents or anonymous sources. They're out in the open. They're saying it in the most prestigious venues of the establishment. Corporate media, peer-reviewed journals, international bodies. Wow. It's unbelievable. Uh, Mark Morano is our guest. Mark, we've got to take a quick headline break. We come back sure. on the other side of it, though. And I want to talk about the old adage, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. I have a feeling that if they try this again, that a lot of people are going to give them the one-fingered salute to this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we shall see. Uh, we'll take a quick break uh, for a headline, and we'll be right back with more State of the Nation with our guest, Mark Morano on TNT Radio. What brings you here? News. News entirely. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Colorado Supreme Court's ruling to disqualify former President Donald Trump from the state's primary ballot due to his alleged involvement in an insurrection has created significant political and legal ramifications. Ukraine's Defense Minister Rustam Yumarov stated that the Ukrainian government's intention to summon all men of military age who left the country after the conflict with Russia began to return and join the military. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. Okay, you are back with State of the Nation, and our guest is Mark Morano. Uh, we're talking about COP28, the big climate con. Mark, now, before we went to the headline break there, I made mention of the fact that some people, and I do think that a growing number of people, uh, are, are going to basically give them the old one-finger salute. You know what? Screw you. Uh, I'm not going to wear a mask. You may try and prevent me from traveling, but... Uh, Screw you. I mean, this could really be politically. Isn't this very dangerous ground where they're treading here as far as the uh, the public outcry? Yes, we outnumber them. And uh, the way to look at this is it's a question of how far they push the public and how much blowback. One of the greatest signs is, and I have a whole chapter in my book, The Great Reset, progressive liberals, uh, many of them have had enough. Everyone from Naomi Wolf, who's the former Clinton Gore feminist advisor, People like Jimmy Dore, who's now doing videos on carbon dioxide fertilizing the earth. He used to be with the Young Turks, a progressive you know, Democrat activist. He now says he doesn't trust anything the government says. He used to believe in climate change. We even have RFK Jr. saying he won't talk about climate in his campaign because it's been weaponized 
and hijacked for totalitarian control of society by the World Health Organization and the United Nations World Economic Forum. So there, a lot of these liberal leaders are waking up. So I think the problem is the public has to wake up. And you know it's going to come out. Uh, hopefully, Donald Trump can lead a revolution. I love Vivek Ramaswamy as a candidate. Uh, I get terrified here in the U.S. when you see people like Nikki Haley, because that is a complete step backwards to people like Mitt Romney, George W. Bush. That's a good barometer. If any of them get close to power, like on, on the opposition side, meaning the conservative, libertarian, then we have a problem. But I'm really hoping that the public is so outraged that they wouldn't even dare try these kind of restrictions again. But what they do, the way they get away with it is they do it behind the scenes. So John Kerry is coming after American meat by going through, and we have the EU doing the same thing, all these agricultural restrictions. They're killing the small farmers, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos of Amazon buying up the small farms, China buying up big corporate or buying it up. Once they buy it up, they can start restricting meat. Meat prices will go up. Then they start shoving the lab-grown meat that Bill Gates is pushing. So what they do is they're going to create intentional rationing with gas-powered cars, of food, of meat, of energy. And then they're going to make us chaotic and desperate. They're going to push universal basic income on us to try to placate us. So it's a question. It's a whole game they have laid out. And they're very open about what they do. Avar Harari just said to the world to advisor to the World Economic Forum, that we're going to have, quote, useless eaters, and he wants to give us psychotropic drugs and video games to keep us docile. And that's what they're planning. So they're going to make everything rationed, chaotic, give us guaranteed annual income, and try to get us to accept and swallow hard on this agenda. My hope is that we can lead a true revolution against this. I, I am excited about people like RFK Jr. running. I'm excited about Vivek. Donald Trump has a lot. I, I think he's great now because he's been literally attacked by the deep state that if he ever got back in the office, he would be like uh, unleashed, so to speak. The name of my show, <laughs> I'm hoping that would happen. Yeah. You know, uh, Mark, you know, something comes to mind when we're talking about this and it kind of leads me back to the last time the three of us were together, which was at Freedom Fest in Tennessee. Yes. And, and when RFK Jr. spoke there, he was he he took a similar to a, approach to what you just described he talked about corporate responsibility fiscal responsibility uh re recomp you know for lands and people that have been damaged by corporate practices you know actual tangible examples of environmental damage and i think people are starting to come back to that they're they're getting tired of the tropes you know about oh we've only got this much time or this is bad breathing's yes. bad farting's bad eating cows are bad people are starting to say wait a minute you're telling us all this stuff is bad while we've got statist statistician bjorn lomborg saying that four billion people are defendant dependent yes. on this sort of foods and that without it four billion people will starve to death and then we're seeing you know you're killing all the whales to build wind farms around this so i yes. think there might be a great awakening happening here actually there are i was on a boat off of martha's vineyard uh earlier this summer at the end of july i was with san francisco liberals trans rights activists I was with environmental activists. I was with commercial fishermen. We went out to the offshore wind, 25 miles off the coast in a little choppy boat. Uh, it didn't affect me. I thought I would have to take the, you know, the what's the anti-nausea. It didn't have any effect. I smoked a cigar out on the boat. It was great. But right. what we found is we're getting together. People are awakening and they're opposed to this. And you mentioned the whales. I mean, it's amazing how 
these wind farm companies getting they're now getting hundreds of billions on the way to getting trillions for all this green energy, the EV mandates, and they have to ban their competition. So they're banning fossil fuels. They're banning gas powered cars. At the same time, they're claiming, well, this is a great alternative. You're going to love it. Well, it's like a football team saying, we're the greatest of all time. We're going to be the champions. They show up at a football stadium packed with a crowd. Well, well where's the other team? Aren't you going to play the Super Bowl? Well, no, we banned the other team from playing because we're so great and we're going to win this and we're the champions. That's what they've done. <laughs> they've taken away the entire game. So if, you're, if your product is so good, which they claim, why the hell do they have to ban all their competition? And that's what's happening here. So people are waking up, but... I just I, I believe it when I see it more. We'll see. This is coming up. I mean, every election, I just feel like we're disappointed, at least here in the United States. I feel like we're disappointed. Even in was it Argentina? I can't remember the guy's name, but this guy was supposed to be this professor, economist. He was going to stay a hell of the establishment. He just announced today that he's going to join the U.N. and that he's backing away from all his cl climate as a scam rhetoric. He's now joining. He's either a fraud to begin with or they're blackmailing him or he's being paid off or, or a combination of all three. So we get excited and then we get disappointed. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to be too optimistic, but I don't want to be pessimistic either. Yeah. You're talking about you're talking about the new uh, Argentinian uh, Mille. I think his name is that Javier, guy. Yes, Mille. I could, yes. Javier, Javier Mille. Yes, I couldn't think of his name. Yes. Wow. That's that, that is kind of a shock. I hadn't heard that. Well, you know, we know that, and this actually ties right in with what you're talking about here, Mark. Uh, Geert Wilders in the Netherlands. Now, you'll recall, I know you know about this, and I'm sure Hesh does as well. The Dutch farmers were up in arms because of this. They were really rolling back Dutch farmers, basically saying, you yes. can't do this. And the Dutch farmers took all their tractors, and they basically did a, uh, uh, they blocked yes. all the roads. It it catapulted Geert wilders into the into his position now and he's basically saying no this is all crap it's all bs i wonder if i i wonder where he's going to come down on this because my concern isn't so much about the states although i am concerned about it but god almighty it seems in in europe it seems like just about anybody under the age of 40 is gluing themselves to the asphalt or throwing uh, you know, tomato <laughs> soup on on paintings what, what, what the hell's going on in europe with this well, that's also hair. They block traffic. They go to the National Art Gallery in the United States. The thing to know there is these are brain uh, ideology driven, brainwashed individuals. Who's behind them? The Rockefellers, the, um, the major families, Hollywood directors, millionaires. This is the message of the establishment. They want these tools to go out and create this havoc so that somehow they can get this message across. These people are sad. They actually think that they have no future. I mean, like Greta Thunberg actually said, why should kids go to school when we have no future? That they're, you know, the world's going to end, so they shouldn't even bother with school until we fix this. We have in California 18 kids, some as young as eight years old, suing Joe Biden's EPA right now in California Federal District Court in order to get a livable climate future. And this is insane. They have a, the lead plaintiff in the case claims she went, uh, she can't do her homework during the day because it's too hot. She has to do it in the evening so she can focus and her parents can't afford air conditioning. When I saw that, I'm like, wait a minute, the whole climate agenda is about making air conditioner rationing and more expensive. The LA Times doesn't even want you to use air conditioning in your own home where she lives. They want, to, they want you to have a government uh, transportation take you to a, a cooling center during the hottest parts of the day. So this is just bonkers from beginning to end. And yes, they're weaponizing these young kids 
and brainwashing them into acting like these activists and their messages is just anti-human and insane, unscientific. Yeah, and it sets them up for a worldview of nihilism, which is a terrible thing yes. to do purposely to an entire generation of people, a couple generations of people, frankly, with the length of time this has been going on. Uh, Mark, we're almost out of time. Uh, give a shout out uh, so so that we know where to find you here on TNT and, of course, at Climate Depot. I'm at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern every day, Unleashed with Mark Morano on TNT. My website's climatedepot.com, and I'm at Twitter at, at Climate Depot. My book is The Great Reset, Global Elites, Permanent Lockdown. Thank you. Oh, all right. Roger Thanks, that. Mark. Thank you, Mark. Yep. Merry Christmas. Thank Thanks you. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah, all right. Thanks for everything you do. This is State of the Nation right here on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Republican Senator Ron Johnson gets it. And here he is stating the obvious about Ukraine, something that so many people in Washington just refuse to acknowledge. This is a bloody stalemate. Every day that goes by, more Ukrainians die, more Russian conscripts die. Take no joy in that. More Ukraine gets destroyed. So this war should be brought to an end, the sooner the better, uh, because every day the outcome ends up being worse. It's going to have to be a negotiated settlement. And Johnson has the guts to talk about what's really happening in our country. We've already seen a diminished America. If, if you if you were asked to design a strategy to destroy this country, you could not ask for a better game plan than what President Biden and the Democrats are Does it are seem purposeful to you? How could it almost not be? I mean, the open borders, the you know, 40-year high inflation, war on fossil fuel, the embarrassing and dangerous surrender in Afghanistan, which has emboldened Putin. That, that's why Putin's in Ukraine, because we surrendered in Afghanistan. He saw the weakness. That's what the, the Mullahs are seeing. That's what the President Xi sees. So they're destroying this country, Democrat governance is. A purposeful weakening and ruining of the United States of America brought to you by Joe Biden and the people who are really running the country. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> Do you get it? Yes, good job. So what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McClain on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And we are back with State of the Nation. And, Hesh, I just had to run this story by you. Claudine Gay, president of Harvard University, is coming under withering assault of course, you'll recall the uh, testimony that she gave uh, about anti-Semitism. She uh, handled that. Well, she didn't handle it well. Let's just say that. Uh, neither did any of the uh, nor, neither did Cornbluff or uh, Liz McGill. Liz McGill at UPenn has already been ousted uh, as the president. She's got a tenureship there, so she's going to be fine. Probably lost a couple of couple of hundred grand a year, I would think, though, as president. But now Claudine Gay is hanging on by her, I mean, by her fingernails because, and it's not just the anti-Semitism, as if that weren't bad enough. Now Harvard University has said is it has discovered two more examples of insufficient citations in President Claudine Gay's scholarly work after the school cleared her of plagiarism allegations earlier this month. Now they come out and say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's two more cases. And, um, She's uh, just barely hanging on. 
And this is where the left gets it wrong so often with this identity politics thing, because they don't want to get rid of her because she checks off too many boxes. She's over the age of 50 and she's a black woman. She's the first African-American president of Harvard University. And it just doesn't sit right with them to oust her. And yet they keep finding this plagiarism stuff coming up as they review the stuff that they should have reviewed before they hired her in the first place. But her sex and her uh, her uh, skin pigmentation, I guess, uh, overrode any actual scholarly pursuits. What do you what do you think about this, man? Uh, is she gay as well, or is that just a namesake? I really don't know much about this person. But if she was, that would be another in the oppression Olympics that they wouldn't want to cross off, uh, elevate her slightly higher. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm totally ignoring all of the identity politics coming out of the colleges. Like, I could, uh, personally, I could really care less. I feel like these places are breeding psychopaths, breeding weird cult mindsets and and you know infecting people with wokeism and this whole victim complex thing like i i feel like if you're going to colleges at this point you better have a very like direct career path that requires it oh, don't go to these things just to just to get the piece of paper uh don't send your children to these things if they have any interest in you know art or I don't know, plumbing or something like that, like encourage them to do that. That's where the riches are nowadays. Uh, Harvard, isn't this where skull and bones came from? I mean, get out of here with this. These things need to be shut down. I don't care who the president is. I'd like to see the entire university defunded. Well, and your your wish is the billionaire alumni's command, apparently, <laughs> uh, because what's going on right now is... Well, first of all, here's what Harvard said about this story, and I think it's I think it speaks volumes here. The problems uh, were discovered in Gay's 1997 doctoral dissertation that Harvard said it recently discovered, quote, contains duplicative uh, duplicative language without appropriate attribution. In other words, plagiarism. Um, and they can't find it. But as if that weren't enough, and this woman is obviously under heavy, heavy pressure. Now you've got uh, alumni and not just some guy that graduated from Harvard, big time alumni, billionaire Len Blavatnik has paused all donations to Harvard uh, because of uh, this woman's anti-Semitism or the way she spoke out. Now, get this. Blavatnik and his family foundation has donated more than $270 million to Harvard in the past. And he just said, I am canceling all of that. And I am holding on to my purse until she's gone. And he's only one of several. Now, this is exactly what chased Liz McGill out at UPenn. Uh, a guy held back $100 million that he had already pledged. He said, you know what, that pledge, screw it. It's gone, and so's the 100 mil. She was gone within 36 hours of that. And now you've got billionaires that went to Harvard or donating heavily to Harvard saying, we're not going to donate another penny. And uh, this, is, this is a real issue for them. Uh, it says, uh, I'm reading from the article, 
Uh, and this article is from Fox Business. It says, uh, the problem Harvard has is that all of their sources of revenue are now strained. Their ability to raise money is clearly strained. And their ability to, fe- uh, to leverage federal programs is also potentially at risk. So not only is she a plagiarist, uh, but her her remarks concerning anti-Semitism, which is rampant in all of these Ivy League schools, uh, is really starting to come back to haunt them all. And uh, I agree with you, man. The, the, this uh, higher education is not what it used to be. And if you're going to go to a, a, a college or a university, I would uh, suggest a private one and make sure you check out who's going to be teaching your kids because these people are absolutely uh, – they're 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 left of the far left. I mean, they're crazy. No, they're, they're, it's a it's a psychopath generating indoctrination system. And you know, uh, I'm I'm completely unimpressed with billionaires pulling their money out. It's like, where were you? You're gonna you're gonna pull your millions, your hundreds of millions, and your billions of dollars out of this supposed educational institution over an identity politics issue. But where were you? during COVID? Where were you during experimental mRNA gene therapy mandates? Where were you when they started supporting the mutilation of children? Where were you when all these things happened? Where, where were you when freedom of speech was silenced? You had no problem with these things. You're not going to pull your millions and billions of dollars out of these crappy schools over things like that, right? Constitutional things, things that affect all of us, things that shouldn't be about identity politics, and they keep writing the checks. Oh, no problem. You want to jab up the students? You want to jab up my grandson and granddaughter? Okay, great. We'll mandate that. You know, I, I understand the uh, the political tear that we're dealing with right now and that it is, you know, a bit of an open wound to a lot of people on all sides. But, you know, where were you when we really needed you? And it's saying, you know, for COVID in particular, where were yeah. all of these well, people I, when I, we I, needed them? All I would say is this, as far as the COVID thing goes, it wasn't just colleges. It was the entire uh, World Health Organization. It was the uh, it was the CDC. And a lot of these guys and gals are so rich that they're like, I trust them. And now they're learning that, well, maybe I shouldn't have trusted them. So who knows? Maybe this time around they would. But here's an example. Bill Ackman, he's another billionaire investor and very influential Harvard alum. Uh, he wrote a letter, to, uh, a letter to Harvard's governing boards and of directors And he posted that letter on social media's uh, X, so formerly Twitter. And he says says that Claudine Gay, quote, has done more damage to the reputation than uh, uh, in this institution than any other individual in its nearly 500-year history, going through a litany of criticisms over her leadership, which he says has contributed to major donors withdrawing significant gifts, uh, and and they're adding up. He says President Gay's failures have led to billions of dollars uh, canceled, paused, or withdrawn donations to the university. I am personally aware of more than a billion dollars of terminated donations from a small group of Harvard's generous Jewish and non-Jewish alumni all coming together to oust Claudine Gay. Um I I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I do think that those images on TV of Jewish kids having to hide in a library 
Uh, that was a lot to stomach. I mean, that, you know, go. And, and when the 911 operator says go hide in the attic, I mean, can you get any more out of touch than that? And Claudine Gay just stands there with a the stupid look on her face uh, because she doesn't want to tick off her student body, I guess. But now they're pulling billions of dollars out of Harvard and uh, name your university of choice. Certainly those three, MIT, UPenn, and Harvard have really taken it. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen to Cornbluff. Once once Claudine Gay is ousted, then, you know, all all eyes are going to be on Cornbluff at MIT and see what happens to her. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm glad to see people with money saying, you know what, you're not getting a dime of it if you're going to continue to uh, just, you know, coddle a plagiarist uh, and someone who coddles anti-Semites. I've got no problem with that. Um but yeah, I'm down with you as far as the the COVID crap goes as well. I mean, you know, it's all stupid. Yeah, yeah. where were you? You know, and as far as like um, Aikman goes, like uh, I'm 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 not impressed. I, again, not impressed. Like, where were you when we needed you? And um, you know, there's there's a lot of money and a lot of media behind this. You know, the ADL loves promoting stories like that without giving us the full picture, and I can hardly unravel reality from propaganda when it comes to this topic. It's one of the reasons I'm just like, oh my God, the American media is just being god-awful on this. They're not doing a good job of showing us all sides of this stuff. Uh, you know, he's he's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of money put into uh, Center for Jewish History, for example. Uh, so there's a lot of, you know, oh, he's a lot Jewish. Of vested interest. Yeah, well, there's a lot of vested interest going on here for sure including the ADLs. All right. Well, I hear the music, Steve. That's right. Time to uh, take a little breather and come back for hour two of State of the Nation. And we will on TNT Radio right after this.